You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday. Hope your hump day is going well. We are officially over halfway through uh, the work week. And the last week before there is actual football games being played on our televisions this week. In Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Chris Button. He is Marcel Louis-Jacques filling in for Spain and Fitz today. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Marcel, first time we've hosted together. How are we feeling about the fact that this is the last week we're going to be sitting here without actual football games being played? Grateful. Absolutely <laughs> grateful. Like the... The, what is it, six months, six and a half months between the Super Bowl and week one are often grueling. But it feels like the NFL, the purveyor of drama in American sports, did an exemplary job of staying in the headlines every single week. There was never a dull week. So it almost feels like we just finished the 2021 season. Right, and we still have quarterback battles that we don't even have answers for. There's only one preseason game left. Part of me wonders, are we just going to break the huddle and that's when we'll decide who's going to be starting at quarterback for some of these teams, almost like college football teams do. Let's get straight to it. Uh, the power rankings came out on ESPN, and the Dallas Cowboys sitting there at number 10. You got to think the pressure surrounding Mike McCarthy. There was all this question, was last year going to be the last year after the way they fell to the 49ers in the postseason? What is the pressure you think that is surrounding Mike McCarthy this year? Yeah, he has the unenviable task of performing to the loftiest standards in the NFL. I feel like the expectations for the Cowboys, they're held to a different standard than the rest of the league because they're America's team and they had so much success in the 90s. But I, I feel like at this point, they need to come back to reality. He just went 12-5 and five with them. He just won the NFC East. He did so with an offensive line that is not the same old line that's powered <laughs> Zeke Elliott's first few years of his career. They're, they're one of the worst teams in terms of run block win rate in the NFL since 2017. He's doing what he can, and I think that they're lucky that they play in a below-average conference in the NFC or NFC and a below-average division in the NFC East. It, it, it's just that I don't think it's make or break for him. I think that the the Cowboys' aura is creating a a, a hot seat that doesn't necessarily exist or shouldn't necessarily exist. But that said, like, I, as someone who lives in Dallas, so I, I completely understand the expectations, but I don't even think they're going to win the division this year. I think Philly could win the division, and then Dallas is sitting there on the outside looking in, maybe not even getting into the playoffs. A, a terrible O-line a year ago that I think led the NFL in penalties and hasn't looked any better in the preseason. And then they go in their first round pick, they get this guy, Tyler Smith, which who also has his fair share of penalties and holding as well. Where I do find some, like as I try and find some optimism around it, I do feel like Dak will be better. You know, he was coming off the injury. There were times last year where I felt like he was hesitant. And so I do feel that there's a sense of growth in that area for the Cowboys. And I, I'm, I'm agreeable to that. I, I think that Dak Prescott is obviously a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's one of the best passers in the league when healthy and when he's on. Where I'm personally concerned is what his supporting cast 
looks like. This is no longer C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is has been injury-prone over the past several years. Amari Cooper is no longer there. We're yet to see C.D. Lamb as a true number one overall target. And I, I got to see it from the run game as well. I know that we're yeah. splitting. We're, we're about to watch Zeke Elliott and, and Tony Pollard basically split reps throughout the year. But I, I just don't think this is the same run-and-gun, high-flying aerial attack Cowboys offense we saw two years ago. I, I, I want Dak to succeed. I like Dak. He's a likable guy. <laughs> I just am yeah. not a believer in that wide receiver depth right now. Yeah, and I don't also know – I mean, I like what we saw from Tony Pollard last year. I, I don't quite know that we're going to see, you know, what we used to see out of Zeke. Is he too old? Is he uh, – can he stay healthy enough for a season to be the, the Zeke that we're used to seeing? Dak Prescott earlier today on Peter King's podcast about why he thinks there's optimism around the Cowboys this year. Very, very optimistic. I think we're in a better position this year than we, we, we were last year. And I know what we have built here, the core, the leaders, and mixed with a great group of young guys who are hungry to make a name for themselves and getting this league running. I feel very, very confident about where we are and excited about where we are and just ready to, to keep building and, and get this thing rolling. So you think a lot of the hype, Marcel, is built around just an unreal, unrealistic Cowboys fan base. If they don't win a playoff game, does Mike McCarthy keep his job? Wow, that is tough. You're putting me on the spot here. But <laughs> but no, I, should he keep his job if they don't win a playoff game? It, it's contextual. I, I would love to see what they did in the regular season. If they're hosting and they lose, yeah, yeah he, he probably he should go. Uh, but this is Jerry Jones that we're talking about. He's not necessarily – he's known for patience, but he also is known to expect a certain standard out of his out of his team. And if Mike McCarthy is not meeting said standard, then he'll go, especially – with the rumors of Sean Payton's interest in coming and coaching that Cowboys looming, I, I feel like it's, again, unenviable assignment for Mike McCarthy <laughs> to be on the hottest seat in the NFL no matter how good you're doing. Sure. Like I mean, you could win two to three playoff games and, like, you're still on the hot seat just because if you're, it's like Super Bowl or bust every season for the Cowboys. James White was on Get Up earlier today, former Patriots running back, and he understands the optimism. I know they don't have the receiving core like they had in the past, but I think C.D. Lamb, he's ready to step into that number one position. Michael Gallup, whenever he comes back healthy, he's going to be that number two receiver. I think that number three receiver will emerge at some point during the season. They have a good tight end in Schultz. He'll do his job, and they have two talented backs. I know they'll use Tony Pollard in the passing game, Zeke in the passing game. Those guys will be heavily involved. So I think he's very optimistic, and I am too, especially because of their defenses as well. They have, you know, Trayvon Diggs, Michael Parsons, difference maker. You know, Demarcus Lawrence, difference maker. I think when, he, when he's speaking, I don't think he's just speaking about the offense. I think he's talking about the team as a whole. Sure. I think if the offense starts off a little bit slow, they have the defense to kind of protect them. They can create turnovers and have his backs. Yeah, I mean, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, I mean, if you have those guys on your defense, they, they keep you in some ball games. Yeah, there's definitely star power on that side of the ball, particularly at linebacker. I mean, you look at Anthony Barr, Leighton Vander Esch, Micah Parsons, that's a strong second level. Demarcus Lawrence, obviously, we know what he can do getting after the passer. And Trayvon Diggs, you know, I feel like he's a pretty he's a pretty polarizing presence among NFL fans. Some say he gave up the most yards in NFL history. He, he it's interception or bust for him. But on the other hand, you don't usually see that number of interceptions. <laughs> like that takes yeah. talent. That takes ball skills. He is a star no matter what. I'm not I'm not sold quite yet on the secondary outside of Diggs. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Malik Hooker. We see Anthony Brown. We see Jerron Curse. I'm just not – none of those names to me jump off the page. But if this pass rush with Lawrence and, and Parsons, if they do their job, all they really need to do is force a quarterback into making a decision before he's comfortable. And I think that, you know, God forbid for his sake, if he throws it to Trayvon Diggs' side – They'll probably do the rest. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, and by the way, like the schedule doesn't start out any easier except for the fact that they are home for back-to-back games. They host the Bucks September 11th and then host the Bengals. We're going to have Nui Scruggs on, uh, who covers the Cowboys here in Dallas later on in the show. We'll get some more insight on the Dallas Cowboys. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See? Just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or progressive.com. All right, Marcel, is there such a thing as too much basketball? We'll explain that next. This is Spain and Fist with Chris Budd and Marcel Louis-Jacques filling in on ESPN Radio. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Spain and Fitz, the podcast. How much basketball is too much basketball? Not for us as viewers, but for those playing the game for those that were the number two overall draft pick just a couple months ago. Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. He is Marcel Louis Jacques. I'm Chris Budden. We're filling in for Spain and Fitz. So the Oklahoma City Thunder are worried that Chet Holmgren may have suffered ligament damage, a right foot injury that was suffered in a pro-am game Saturday in Seattle. A team spokesperson told ESPN uh, it's, you know, you're the thunder and you're so excited. You get this guy and then he plays in summer league and then he's going and playing in this pro-am. And now when you look at the video, he's playing against LeBron and it kind of looks like LeBron maybe steps or when he's trying to def- on his foot or when he's trying to defend LeBron, you know, he rolls his foot and now there could be possible lim- ligament damage. We don't know the extent of it, Marcel, but like, why, why is he even playing in this? What a wonderful question. What what a wonderful question. What are you thinking here? Like this is this is too much basketball. When basketball becomes your job and your body becomes your meal ticket officially, not just yeah. oh well I'm going to I'm going to work hard and hopefully get a scholarship and then hopefully make the league. You are in the league now. You're the number 2 overall pick. I I'm just I'm curious what these contracts look like mm-hmm. as far as regulating what guys are allowed to do when they're away from the team and away from the facility. And if Holmgren's injury is severe, then we might see a new precedent here moving forward in terms of what teams include in rookie contract and contracts, period. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have – how how would you describe that? Like, like you could play some one-on-one games if it's inside the Thunder gym. You could do summer league, but you can't – it's not like he was riding a motorcycle. He was playing a game that also LeBron was playing in. You know, so if if LeBron's doing it, it just becomes, I think, big news also because of the body type that Chet has. He's seven foot, 190, and when people were talking about the draft, like there was these concerns of his body type playing, and now here we are. We haven't even started the season or got out of the summer, and he's already injured. Yeah, look, when Chet Holmgren puts a million dollars a year into his body like LeBron does, I would feel a little more comfortable <laughs> with him playing two two separate programs and summer league and this and that. Like, uh, not to mention Le- LeBron missed the player. Like he's been he's been 
resting for a while. I think like he, this is yeah. his way of just shaking off the rust and getting ready for for preseason and the regular season. Chet Holgram has been on go since since what? Since he signed with Gonzaga, has he really had any downtime? It's it just it's a case where look, I know you love to hoop, man. Like I know basketball is everything to you. Like I, I I hate having to be the person, even though I have as a radio host, zero power over your life. I hate being that person that says, you can't do this. You can't do the thing you love. But you got to be smart. And that's not smart because that's the risk, and you're now realizing it. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand from his point of view, like I'm playing in the league. This is now my moneymaker. I got to get better. And if guys like LeBron are playing in this thing, then maybe I should be playing in it. But at some point, like there's only so much your body is going to take when you played also an entire summer league in Vegas. Amber Wilson was on Canty and Carlin earlier today. Here's her thoughts on Chet Holmgren's injury. That is the problem that a lot of people have had in terms of their fear for Chet Holmgren. As we talk about him making his debut in the NBA is that he is somebody who people consider so undersized, right? In terms of his weight, in terms of his body composition. And why does that matter? Well, it matters if you're going up against the guys who are of LeBron James's size and LeBron James's strength. And it feels like very early on in a pro-am, this is a real concern when it comes to the durability of Chet Holmgren at the current weight that he is at. On top of this, Marcel, we should be thankful no one else was injured. They had to cancel the game after halftime because it was so humid in Seattle, which, A, I didn't even know that there was humidity in Seattle, uh, that the floor was wet. So on top of that, you're playing in conditions that, like, we should be thankful that there wasn't even anything worse. We should be thankful. Like, could you imagine? The NBA would – everybody at the league office would come to work the next day in all black and shawls <laughs> over their head if LeBron was hurt in, in an event that had nothing to do with the NBA itself. It's just – it's not very it's not very smart. And I know we see guys, you know, at the Drew League and we see – you know, guys, especially in the Pacific Northwest, play these pro-ams uh, pretty often every every offseason. But, again, they're generally pros who are professionals, not just at playing basketball, but at taking care of their body and knowing their limits. And I feel like this is an instance where Chet Holgram, he's new to this and maybe just for the first time realized, hey, man, uh, there is such thing as too much basketball. Can you imagine the headlines? LeBron James slips on wet floor in Pro-Am because the floor was not at good conditions. I can only imagine the league office freaking out. We like to compare things. We like to compare quarterbacks, the GOATs, Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. Well, someone weighed in on it, and someone thinks that A-Rod is just light years above. That guy, Sammy Watkins. Here he is. Early in camp, Randall Cobb asked you in front of your locker, said Mahomes <laughs> or Rogers. You said, I think Pat is incredibly good, but A-Rod is on a whole nother level. He's amazing how he controls the ball, how he put everybody in place. I've been with a lot of quarterbacks, and I've never seen them carry themselves like Aaron Rodgers. Marcel, you're a wide out in the league. Who you want to go play for? The Mahomes. <laughs> because I, I just I feel like they're they're at the very least, the very least comparable arm talents. 
I'm going to go with the guy that's not surly in the locker room and that's not going to pout and show up looking like Nick Cage fresh off the prison bus. Like, <laughs> let me go with the fun Pat Mahomes in the fun offense over freezing cold Aaron Rodgers and calling me out in the media if I don't run the right route yeah. for one reason or another. Now, now, to Sammy Watkins' point, he did go like talk about like how he is in the huddle. He says he makes me calm just to be in the huddle with him, just the way he carries himself. So maybe, maybe he's feeling a little bit of the the whatever the T that I can't pronounce uh, is. Maybe those are some leftover symptoms. <laughs> Here's Chris Ganty earlier on uh, Greeny today on what he thinks of the comparison. To say that Aaron Rodgers is on a different level, head and shoulders above Pat Mahomes, to me, is just blasphemous. Remind me of this. How many Super Bowls has Aaron Rodgers played in, Carlin? One. How many Super Bowls has Pat Mahomes played in? Two. I just don't understand. For And then the other part of this is there has not been a quarterback that has won more games through their first 50 starts in NFL history than Pat Mahomes. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. You're out of your minds if you can if you feel like you can definitively say that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. He's better at his job than Pat Mahomes is at his job. The nod that I'm getting through uh, the radio from Marcel, I feel like he just wants to respond with a, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, again, Aaron Rodgers is on a different level from the average quarterback. This is Patrick Mahomes, though. Like, I, I just don't know where you're – where where are you getting this different level from? Like, and, and you know what? To be fair, to be fair, how healthy was Sammy Watkins when he's playing with Patrick Mahomes? Did he <laughs> play in enough games to really tell what kind of level Pat Mahomes is on? I think he missed a combined fourteen games due to injury when he was playing uh, in Kansas City. So to that point, maybe he didn't get enough. Maybe he wasn't around him enough to really get the full Mahomes experience. I'm with you. I mean, the, it's, you know, whether it's the huddle or not, the numbers say it all. We're going to continue talking a lot more about the Cowboys. There are always a ton of expectations around this team. Is this the year that Mike McCarthy, it is Super Bowl or bust for him? We'll continue talking when Nui Scruggs joins us next. He's been covering the Cowboys for decades. This is Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Dak Prescott says there's a lot of reasons to have optimism on the Dallas Cowboys in the 2022 season. Are we buying what he's selling? Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80. He is Marcel Louis Jacques. I'm Chris Button, filling in for Spain and Fitz. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Joining us now, a man that I watch every night on my TV here in Dallas, Nui Scruggs, NBC5, DFW Sports Director. Nui, appreciate you hopping on with us. Chris, good to talk to you. Are you, I mean, the the optimism that Dak Prescott uh, was talking about uh, on Peter King's podcast, you, you buy the optimism around this team? First of all, we got to understand the player. Dak is like Russell Wilson. <laughs> They're going to be optimistic and positive. In fact, we did a one-on-one with Dak, and I kind of got on him about all the cliches. Like, man, you know, I'm on you now. He's like a pompous. you got all the cliches. He's going to stack in good days together, doing the right things. I mean, he's got all of it down. So when you ask him, hey, how do you feel about the team? He's going to tell you he's positive. That's who he is. He's got a master's degree in, like, industrial leadership or something like that. So he's going to be the dude who sits up here and says, there is a way. There's a, there's a challenge in front of us. We're going to go meet it. That's that. 
Hey, Nui, Marcel here. I want to talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott. Uh, each of the past four seasons, his, his snap percentage, his percentage of offensive snaps played, has steadily gone down. They have another runner in Tony Pollard who is capable as a, as a runner and receiver. I'm curious, what should we expect from Zeke Elliott this year? Is it a bounce back for him? Is it going to be classic Zeke? Or are we going to see more of a timeshare between him and Pollard? All right, Marcel, good question. Um, they still think Ezekiel Elliott can be um, a difference-making running back. If healthy, I don't see how he doesn't get himself 1,200 yards. They're going to feature him. As far as Tony Pollard, they're using Tony a lot in the slot. Tony, coming out of Memphis, was more receiver than running back, so they're going to utilize both these guys. And when you think about the fact they're number two receiving slot right now, undecided, and they're probably going to go with young people, which means a lot of double coverage for C.D. Lamb. I think you're going to see a lot of ways they try to get Tony Pollard uh, the football via the passing game. So you can see both guys in the backfield. They're going to try to run the football first. That's what they want to be is a running team first. I'm not sold 100% to Kellen Moore is willing to do that, but that's what Mike McCarthy wants. Talk with Nui Scruggs, sports director at NBC5 in Dallas-Fort Worth. Nui, last year the O-line struggled, especially with penalties. They even lose some guys like Connor Williams from last year. We've already seen some of those penalties creep up in preseason games. Where is your sense of where this the O-line has grown during fall camp before they get ready for September 11th? The problem with O-line is trying to figure out who's your swing tackle. God bless Tyron Smith, a all-decade player. Um, you won't find anybody who works hard, but the bottom line is, in the last five years, he's missed multiple games. So who goes to the left tackle position when he goes out? Um, they, they don't know right now. That's an issue. Uh, Mike McCarthy just said within the last hour that if the season started today, Connor McGovern would be your starting left guard, not the uh, first-round rookie, Tyler Smith. But once again, he said today, let's see what happens when they face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Mike does like to uh, hold things close to the vest. The center position, uh, at times, it hasn't been strong. So I'm worried about the offensive line. It's got question marks. I think that's a bigger question to be talking about, more so than even Ezekiel Elliott or Dak Prescott. You know, if you can't block in this league, you got problems. You start thinking about game number one, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got Aaron Donald on the schedule. So, you know, they're going to throw Aaron Donald, try to run through that A gap and go after the center of the guard around here. So, they've got to figure out how they are going to block, you know, the defensive lines of Washington and Philadelphia this year. Uh, they've got a lot of good teams that they're playing. You got the Bengals in week, week two. So, that's the D lines they got to worry about here. And if this offensive line is not working, forget everything else. It just won't work. Nui, Mike McCarthy went 6-10 and 10 with the Cowboys in 2020 without Dak Prescott for most of the year. He went 12-5 and five last year with his star quarterback. And yet it, it feels like we constantly hear about him on the hot seat, that they want to replace him with Sean Payton, that if he doesn't do X, that he's getting the boot – is that a nationally driven narrative, or is Mike McCarthy really on the hot seat this season? I couldn't help out when the owner put it out there. That, hey, he said Dan Quinn could be my head coach. I mean, so, you know, that, Jerry <laughs> did not help Mike McCarthy at all. Here's a bigger issue for Mike. He, in some ways, is dying for the sins of the fact that it's been 26 years since the Cowboys have won. So there's so many coaches that fail to take this team anywhere. They haven't been past a divisional round 
of the playoffs since they last won the Super Bowl. One of the big things that people don't talk about enough is the fact that the Cowboys organization had an issue being consistent in terms of making the playoffs. The last head coach to take the Cowboys to -to back-to-back playoff appearances was Chan Gailey in 1998-1999. Bill Parcells couldn't do it. Wade Phillips couldn't do it. Jason Garrett couldn't do it. So now it's on Mike McCarthy, and that to me is a big key right there. With a first-place schedule in the NFC East where you've got eight Pro Bowl quarterbacks, six quarterbacks who you're going to face this year who started the Super Bowl, can you win enough games to get yourself in the playoffs? That's the question for Mike. You're telling me Jerry Jones just wants to uh, drop some little nuggets just to make some headlines? I I would never believe it. Uh, Marcel and I were talking about some of the weaknesses on this team, and you have Diggs with his 11 interceptions from a year ago. Who else do they need to step up in the secondary? Anthony Brown has had an excellent training camp, excellent camp. Number three, changes number to number three. So Anthony Brown has had a really good camp. Your safety's back there, Malik Hooker and, and J. Ron Curse, who they call J.K., they love him. This, this is one of the strongest secondaries the Cowboys have had here in the last 20 years. So secondarily, they're good. Micah Parsons is going to be even better. Uh, he's been the MVP of training camp. The defense is going to carry this football team. Okay, that, that's what's going to – when I look at the Cowboys, they're going to have to – you know, defense carries a day, try to run the football, eat the clock up, and keep this defense off the field as much as you can. So that's going to be the way they go out and win football games, in my opinion. Nui Scruggs, we appreciate the time. NBC5, Dallas-Fort Worth Sports Director. We know you're getting ready as things certainly ramp up there in Dallas. Appreciate the time, Nui. Anytime. Thank you much. <laughs> Thank you, Nui. Marcel, has he sold you on the defense? You feel a little bit better? Maybe the best secondary they've had in twenty years? Uh, uh I don't I don't know uh, if I'm sold. Uh, sold. <laughs> I don't think the Cowboys have particularly had a good secondary. Any good secondaries over the past twenty or so years. So like I, I don't I just need to I need to see it to I need to see it to believe it. Again, they are they're in a conference that uh you know, throughout this offensive revolution in the NFL a lot of the quarterbacks that you're scared of are in the AFC, so you don't necessarily need a lights-out yeah. secondary in the NFC, and you definitely don't need one in the NFC East going against the Giants and the Commanders, not just the Washington <laughs> football team. Got to get used to that. The Commanders four times a year. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I did love what he said, though. Did love what he said uh, about McCarthy paying for the sins of – Cowboys pass, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I said before, it, it's just a, it's an unrealistic standard based on an antiquated reality of the Cowboys that they, they're not the Cowboys of the nineties. Troy Aikman ain't walking through that door. Absolutely. I totally agree. But I mean, part of the problem is Jerry Jones when he says things that make headlines and it's, you know, it's like he steps in his own mud and then you're wondering why there's rumors of Mike McCarthy being on the hot seat. I mean, it's because these things leave Jerry Jones mouth and then you're, then people are, as soon as it says it, like that makes first take and that makes every headline on every given TV show. All right, we'll see how they do. It's a tough schedule as they kick off week one, September 11th against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Will Jimmy G be a starter for a team at any point this season? We'll answer that more when we go through NFL edition of Right or Wrong. This is Spain and Fitz with Chris Budden and Marcel Louis-Jacques filling in ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're going to roll through a couple questions regarding NFL, right or wrong. We'll get to it. Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Marcel and Chris. Devin, this is your segment. Lead us into the questions. All right, guys. Chris, let's start with you on this one. A little right or wrong. The Patriots 
will miss the playoffs this season. Right or wrong, Chris? Uh, wrong, but I do think that it hinders around the fact that they're going to have a healthy O-line because Tom Brady does not is not Tom Brady when he doesn't have the production around him and he's got a scramble. So I think all hinges on the health of their O-line, which currently is not great. Uh, correct. The Patriots will miss the playoffs this season. Uh, you know, chaos on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm not trusting Matt Patricia to successfully call plays. I don't like their group of playmakers. I don't like their O-line. I don't like the I, – I, there's a lot. I can I can go on for days here, but let's just keep it at correct. They will miss the playoffs. You, I also just realized you said the Patriots, and for whatever reason, still in my brain, almost like the Washington football team and the commanders, I just immediately was thinking Brady and the Bucks. So I do I get a redo? Yeah, pa- you get a redo. All right, yeah, next- considering – I, I agree with Marcel. Considering no one knows what's going on on offense, second preseason game looked a little bit better. Mac Jones said that Matt Patricia is like the, the most intelligent, smartest guy he's ever been around football-wise, but it seems still yucky and like a mess right now. All right, Marcel, let's start with you on this one. Lamar Jackson will be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, right or wrong? Uh, when? Like when he signs the deal? Probably right. <laughs> Probably right. Uh, for very much For very long after that? Absolutely not, because you know who's up for a deal after this season? Uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, both of whom I think – I mean, Joe Burrow has a Super Bowl appearance under his belt. Justin Herbert, we'll see what he does this year. He's looking like an MVP candidate, which uh, is ironic because Lamar also does. But you know how quarterback contracts go. It's whatever you've done for me lately. So he might be when he signs, but he won't be for long. I agree. I think he will be, but I don't think we're going to see it until after the season because that doesn't sound like they are anywhere close to a deal right now. And with Lamar Jackson not having an agent, I think this is – if it's not done, then we're putting it off until the end of the season. So Marcel might be right, maybe for two or three months, highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. All right, next up, the Raiders' offense will be the best in the NFL. Before we get your opinion on it, let's play Tim Hasselbeck from earlier today and get up talking about the Raiders. Like, it just creates so many problems. I truly don't don't know. I, I don't, I'm eager to see this season how people are going to try to defend these guys. It's a matchup league. Each one of those guys is a matchup nightmare. And so, you know, how they end up being played, I think, I, I think is a big mystery. And I don't, I'm not quite honestly sure how people are going to do it. So, Chris, right or wrong, the Raiders' offense will be the best in the NFL. I mean, I like all the names, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. I, but if I were to go, like, maybe a team that would rival them for that top spot, maybe go the Eagles, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, all getting the ball from Jalen Hurts, even though the Cowboys fan of me wishes I didn't just say that. Uh, am I imagining the Buffalo Bills and Josh? They don't exist outside of my mind. I don't. I don't agree at all. I, I don't. I don't even think the Raiders are going to be the best offense in that division. I like what the Broncos have more than the uh, more than the the Raiders, and I like their quarterback a little bit more too. I believe in their run game a little more. Uh, the Raiders, I think, will be good on offense, but best in the NFL. Let's uh, throttle back a little bit. All right. Next up, Marcel, Jimmy G will be a starter at some point this season, right or wrong? Right. Absolutely. Not for the San Francisco 49ers, but he will be a starter somewhere. Somebody is going to get hurt, and I think that's where his his wheelhouse is, as morbid as that sounds. 
Uh, I think he's talented enough, obviously, to start to win games. Uh, and somebody, when their starter event inevitably goes down, like they do in the NFL, he's going to be waiting in the wings. So, yes. I agree. Or when he's eventually able to go wherever he wants and then Seattle realizes that they don't have a quarterback that they want and they go after Jimmy G or to what Marcel said. I agree. If, if someone gets injured, then that's your first phone call. All right. Next up, Chris, the Cowboys will win a playoff game this season, right or wrong? No, I sat there for my dad's 65th birthday and got him tickets to the Cowboys 49ers game, 50 yard line on his birthday. So excited to take him to something and be able to celebrate on a Sunday to watch it blow up in our face in the final seconds. I don't. I have zero faith. I I, I lead by not having any faith in the Cowboys. Then if they win, then I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, again, if they're at home, uh, then I think they could. But history is, is making me lean. No, it's just a franchise that no longer understands what it's like to win in the postseason. All right, Marcel, next up. Aaron Rodgers is on a whole nother level when compared to Patrick Mahomes, right or wrong? Wrong. Absolutely wrong. This is uh, – I, I don't even have the words to describe how wrong this is, which is ironic because I get paid to talk and write for a living. <laughs> Pat Mahomes is a generational quarterback. Pat Mahomes continues to raise the bar that he sets himself. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is any better than Pat Mahomes, and that's not disrespectful to Rodgers, who's obviously back-to-back MVP, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but like, let's not act like we're comparing him to Mitch Tabriskie here. I mean, maybe he's on a whole other level in terms of um, like mental clarity with the ayahuasca tea, if that's what you call it. Like maybe he's in a whole nother universe in terms. That's the only way uh, that I am imagining Aaron Rodgers on a whole other level as if it's on some sort of dream tea. Oh, we're doing a little right or wrong here on Spain and Fitz. Let's continue. Daniel Jones will be a starting quarterback in the NFL Next season, Chris, right or wrong? Absolutely not. There's no chance, especially when you look at the quarterback class that's coming in this next draft. Sorry, Daniel Jones, you're not a starter next year. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, we're even seeing Terod Taylor is getting some first-team reps right now. New coach, new GM over there in, in New York. If their season goes to the dogs, there are several starting caliber potential franchise quarterbacks in next year's draft all of whom I think the Giants would rather have than Daniel Jones. All right, Marcel, this is tailor-made for you as you cover the Dolphins. Tua will lead the Dolphins to a playoff berth this season, right or wrong? Right. Absolutely right. Look, they're, the beginning of their season, it's a little rocky. They, they, they've got the Patriots, they've got Ravens, Bills, Bengals. That's tough. Then there's a bulk of games in the middle of the season where they can really catch their stride. They're playing teams like the Bears, the Lions, the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. I think that once they hit their stride, this is going to be a tough offense to stop. If that defense can continue its level of play from the end of last season, they're going to be a sneaky team in the AFC. Sure. You cover the team every single day. I'm going with whatever you said. Uh, They are going to get a playoff berth this season. I'm excited to watch a healthy uh, Tua Tungvalu this team. All right. Next up, Derek Henry will lead the league in rushing this season, Chris. Yes, 
everything that I have heard out of fall camp is that he looks 100% off of coming off an injury a year ago. Uh, I believe that a healthy King Henry will lead the league. I, I say wrong. I say wrong, and I'm going to lead. I'm going to lean toward toward Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor leads the league in rushing this year. Uh, just hoping that he doesn't break down because he's going to get a ton of usage in that offense in Indy. All right, we got a couple more here. Marcel, the Chargers are going to win a crowded AFC West, right or wrong? Wrong, because I'm a firm believer in teams being themselves at the end of the day, regardless mm-hmm. of the personnel and the coaches and the players, and the Chargers are going to charge her at the end of the day. They're going to be right in that hunt in December, and everybody's going to be excited. Then they're going to drop a ridiculous game that they're absolutely not supposed to and either miss the playoffs by a game or end up with a bad seed having to go to Buffalo in round one or something like that. I, 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 don't, think, uh, I don't think they win the AFC West. I think they get in as a wild card, but like I – to be the best, you got to beat the best, and I'm sticking with KC. You're sticking with KC. We started this segment, are the Raiders have the best offense in the NFL? So I'm going to stick with Las Vegas winning the AFC West. All right, let's sneak one more in here quick. Baker Mayfield will win comeback player of the year. Chris, right or wrong? I feel like there's a joke in there. I mean, <laughs> I don't – I don't – I, I have no. I honestly have no idea what we will see from Baker this year. I hope he plays great. I think it, it, football is fun when he is out there. I have zero expectations for what we're going to see from him. He qualifies as a comeback player of the year. I, <laughs> do, I, no I injury, just <laughs> no injury, just bad vibes. <laughs> I don't. I don't injured. know. <laughs> I, I don't. He, he was injured, but he played it. through it. He, he played in the. Play. I, I don't. I don't know. Even if he does qualify, I don't think so. I don't think he moves the needle over there in Carolina. I mean, the shoulder was in a sling. I mean, maybe which home run race will be more intriguing down the stretch? Aaron Judge or Albert Pujols? Buster only joins us next. Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast.